Hi, guys. Before we get into the episode, we wanted to drop in a listener discretion. This episode does deal with some sexual abuse of adults and of children. If these are triggering topics for you or there are children in the room, you may want to proceed to the next episode. Otherwise, please enjoy and thank you so much for listening. This is the What If I Told You podcast, where we tell you stories sure to disturb you to your very core, just the way you like it. I will be your host on this wonderful cruise through a horrifying topic, and my name is Maddie. And I'm Emily. On the top here, a little bit of business, mostly corrections. (laughs) Um, The first episode on Area 51 was... A little too loose, maybe? It was loose, but, you know, it's okay to be loose with alien subject matter. Yeah, yeah. It's, you have pretty much entirely left the realm of fact. Right. And moved into the very muddy waters of all speculation. Yes, yes. Whereas, you know, you can have a lot of fun with aliens and ufos and you know stuff like the loch ness monster stuff like that but sometimes we have to get a little serious yeah today's one of those days guys it's gonna be uh, a lot more serious we're doing a cult today and usually the idea of a cult is kind of a little farcical You know, you're thinking of, like, people drinking Kool-Aid full of cyanide, which is horrifying. Like, I don't want people to drink Kool-Aid and die, but it's kind of like the trope, you know, Mm -hmm. hippy-dippy in an old converted bus. You think cult and you think some satanic gathering. Right, which is always an upper. Right, right. And I mean, yeah, there's totally cults like that, but honestly, most cults revolve religion as i mean you know like christian religions yeah yeah people who get really really radical Mm -hmm. and take the core christian teachings and just subvert them and twist them into something really dark and really really just off-putting and horrible yeah for nothing but power and you know selfishness and to just brainwash the people that they want them to follow oh it's the epitome of narcissism like the most narcissistic assholes are the people that lead cults yeah could you pick a cult leader out of a crowd like you could pick a serial killer out of a crowd you know there's that old saying like you walk past a murderer seven times in your life yeah but what about cult leaders you know I feel like you you may not be able to pick them out of a crowd, but I, I think you could probably talk to someone and know within the first few minutes of talking to them that they're 
capable of leading a cult. Like, they're definitely going to be charismatic on some point because why else would people follow them? But they're also going to have a really palpable vein of narcissism that people who are not susceptible to things like that would catch on to immediately. Yeah, yeah. So not to say that people who fall into find themselves into a cult are in any way culpable like no no because i mean they usually start out feeling super legit yes and you know it it always starts way up here and just goes downhill very fast yeah it gets dark immediately after they've sucked you in too far exactly so of course the people who are members of cults or ex-members of of cults are not culpable but there's a certain type of person that can be persuaded more easily yeah you You know know, people like us because of how our mind automatically assumes things yes we're not going to be like yeah dude i will meet you at this location to meet the other members of this family that you're talking about yeah immediately if there's a group an organization that is touting themselves as quote-unquote the family i'm questionable yeah what is your end game here because it's not good no 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 and i have a family dude don't need yours yeah yeah and i mean unless unless you are are church touring and actual churches um yeah if someone approaches you and starts speaking the uh, word of God and talking about this wonderful group of people they have, uh, probably <laughs> best not to do that. Oh, no. Ugh, it's so terrible. So, yeah, we're doing a cult today called the Children of God. That that was That's kind of like the name that is associated with this group. They've yes. had like a thousand different names in their lifetime. But the Children of God is kind of like the moniker that is searchable. Yes. So if you want to know about this cult, the Children of God is the name you can Google. And there's a uh, documentary. Of course. Jesus loves me. That was rough to get out. (laughs) Um, The documentary is from 1994, so it is dated, but it's still, like, good. I found it on Amazon. It's just called The Children of God. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I searched The Children of God. It popped up. Yeah. Um, it's 2020. I believe all of you can operate a search engine. Yes. And so. you know, I was surprised that there wasn't more film about this. Cult. I agree. I agree. Because you look up Jim Jones and you can find several mm-hmm. things to watch. Yeah. But I mean, Children of God is a popular cult, but not super popular. Yeah. Like, you can't really walk up to someone and be like, name five cults, and they're just going to name them. But if they do, like, Children of God probably isn't going to be one. Yeah, yeah. Which is odd because there are celebrities who were born into this cult. Yes, yes. Which is, how weird would it be to be born into a cult? Oh, man. I think about that a lot. Yeah. That's just, like, at what point do you realize, like, yo, this is not 
Like, what's happening here yeah. is not right. It would take a child of really advanced astuteness to realize what the life that they're living is not normal. Yeah, especially if their parents are members of this cult. Or, I mean, of course, while in the cult, they do not call it a cult. That's correct. But, yeah, like, at what point do you realize... This is weird. Like, my my friends don't talk about this stuff. Or, you know, why do I live with, you know, 20 other people? That sort of thing. Right. Why don't I go to school? Yeah. Things like this. Yeah. Um, It would really take, you know, being in public a lot. Which, having never been in a cult myself, I don't really know kind of how that works. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't. We, we wouldn't. <laughs> we you wouldn't know. know. I, I don't know. But... Um, it's, it's unfortunate. It it is unfortunate. Because, you know, even with people, there's so many testimonies of people who have been in cults and then left a cult and, you know, finally realized that everything that was happening was wrong and may have known that for some time, Mm -hmm. but there was so much being held over their head. Yeah. It's so grim, and I just, I just can't imagine I can't living either. that life. I did have one correction from the last episode, though, not to digress our trajectory, but I did have an actual, like, fact that I needed to correct. <laughs> I don't know if any, we did, like, send our first episode to some people to kind of quality check and nobody said anything but i heard it immediately oh gosh i don't even know if i re- <laughs> i don't even know if i recognized it so it was in the part where we were talking about um airspace over military bases oh okay and is the airspace over military bases always no fly or is it just that the airspace over groom lake is no fly and i talked about when we lived in virginia that if every military base had a no-fly policy over the base, that you would have to essentially make the entire west side of Virginia be no-fly. And that's not right, because that would be inland on the border of Virginia and West Virginia. <laughs> what I meant was the whole east side. Okay, okay. <laughs> Virginia. That's, you know, I mean, at least we didn't get like a date wrong. Oh, no, no. I clearly am not an expert on directions. It's okay. I mean, but not a lot of people use northeast, south, and west anymore. Yeah. And that that is the east coast, the that, well, yeah, <laughs> easternmost part of the United it States. It's cool, man. I do that a lot. I'll like point, I'll tell someone that they need to like turn right, but I'm pointing left. That means you need to go left. I'm just saying right. (laughs) I don't know. I guess like growing up in the country, I've grown so accustomed to using north and south and east and west. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really just something that stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, if I get lost in the wilderness... I'll probably be golden. Okay. I, the thing is, is spatially, like my, where I am physically at, I can figure out north, south, east, west. Right. But when you are 
thinking about a place that I am not in is when, and that was really just like a, a misspeak. Like, yeah. I knew what I meant. Right. I knew I was talking about the right. East Coast, but I said West. Yeah, I mean, but. I couldn't tell you, I mean, I probably couldn't tell you, like, once you get to this town, head west on this road. Like, no. I'll probably be like, right. when you get to the light by that Sonic, turn right. Yeah. So. Le- left and right is really what people are going to use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Turn north, northeast. Yeah, no, nothing. That nobody's gonna really understand what what you're saying at that no, point. No, thank you. So that was my only <laughs> major correction. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, when you're operating in a realm that doesn't have fact, it's really hard to get something actually incorrect. Yeah, yeah, and you <laughs> know that's why Area Fifty One, um, Roswell, Aliens, Bob Lazar was a really good episode to start with. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone knows about that. That's true. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Right. And with things like that, we're going to be able to have a good time with it. And I think that's one of the cool things about our podcast is we're going to have really great, light, funny episodes, you know, with fact. Right. But then, you know, we both feel strongly about, you know, actual crime, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, in a cult or murder or whatever. You know, we think it's super important for people to pay more attention to that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not saying you need to go out and research cults and know what cult happened when and this person was murdered when and who did it. But I think it's very important for people to open their eyes and always be aware of their surroundings and the people they associate themselves with. If you cannot fully vet someone before going on a date with someone or going to a cool new group you heard about, you probably should just trust your gut instinct. Yeah. And I think that it's really about being aware uh-huh. and also asking questions, especially if you're a woman. Right. Because so many things like cults target women. Yes. And I think it's probably, we see it happen less now than probably when this cult originated. Oh, yeah. Way less cults in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Everybody <laughs> is asking the questions. Yeah. But... You know, there's still vulnerable people who are just a little more naive, and it's not a negative. Right. It's just that they're not cynical dicks like we are. Yep. Where yep. it's like, oh, you you want you want me to meet you at Ulta uh-huh. in a lit, lit parking lot? No. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the time or the way it used to be back then compared to how it is now, it, there was such a such a bigger sense of community. That's years true. ago that's true whereas you know i don't even let my kids play in the backyard without without someone being out there with them and that's mm-hmm. super sad and you yeah. know that's kind of straying away from cults i don't think some cult member is going to walk into my backyard and try to uh you know recruit my children but it is a different time and Back in the day, you know, people didn't lock their doors. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids played outside until it was dark. And if someone was like, hey, 
we're part of this really cool group. You know, we praise God. We do this. We have meals together. It might have sounded cool. Yeah, that was probably nine out of ten of those probably were legit. It probably was just like very nice people who just wanted to have their fellowship be Christians together. Right. Talk on about their own. talk about the good old LB Blay. Yep. And you know, praise the Lord. But then you have that one out of ten that gets real sinister. Right. Tells you you can't go back to work and you now have to share a home with five other families. Yeah. So it's sad, but it's happened. And it's happened. You know, the, yeah. and and when C O G Children of God happened. I like like the C-O-G moniker. The C-O-G. I mean, that really was like a a hot spot time for this stuff to happen. It really was. I mean, the 70s. I think everything sinister, all of the most sinister stories really come back to the 70s. It really does. this cult operated... Primarily in the 70s. It got had its heyday in like the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And if you're going to talk about a serial killer 70s. of any kind of prolific 70s, early levels, 80s. It's 70s, 80s. Yep. Ted Bundy. Yep. That's all you got. All Golden State Killer. Yep. 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, people were very trusting back then. They were. It's and which... people people can think I'm, I'm paranoid all they want. Um... But at least I know my door is locked at night after I've checked it five times and had my husband check it as well. Yeah. Sad, but true. I think probably that's the majority. Yeah. Now, especially, again, maybe I'll say this a lot in this episode, for women. Because most crimes that are super horrific happen to women. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's just a that's fact. That's just the facts. Yeah. It, you know, of course there are horrible things that have happened to men, especially gay men. Mm-hmm. They're targets probably second only to women yeah. is gay men. Yeah. Which, you know, that is what it is. But as a woman, I think it's important to make sure that, other women are aware of their surroundings. Like yeah. when you're walking in a, a parking lot, parking garage, when you get home, if it's dark, like yeah. make sure that you weren't followed. That's, I know that's super paranoid to say, but it's really important because those things happen. Yeah. And I mean, you can't, you can never be overprotective of yourself. Yeah. And I think. You know, especially young women now, you know, the the generation below us isn't super into this stuff like we are. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of blind eyes turned to situations like this. Yeah. And, you know, you hear every day about someone being followed at, you know, Walmart or this happening or whatever if you don't feel safe, like, just trust your gut instinct. Yeah. Do what you think you need to do. Like, I'm not going to lie. If if someone is walking down my sidewalk that I get a weird vibe from and I'm outside, I, I'm either pretending like I'm on the phone or I am, you know, like, 
clicking my lock my lock button on my car for it to honk like things like that is not being paranoid it's just being safe yeah and you know i walk well we have two dogs you know and so if i go on a walk i'm not gonna go on a walk by myself i'm gonna walk the dogs right it's just not everybody has a dog of course but being if you are somebody who walks or runs outside especially early in the morning or late at night Mm -hmm. you should equip yourself with something that you can protect yourself yeah they have i mean of course there's always pepper spray but they also have those cool keychain alarms now Mm -hmm. that you just like pull on it and it makes a terrible sound right and i just think that this is a different world and there truly are sickos out there there are and we hear about it more now because of the media. Of course. So in the 70s, no one, I mean, everyone knew that there were bad guys out there, but no one was super aware of the creeps out there. Yeah. Because there wasn't a news story every two minutes on Facebook. Yeah, you lived much more in a vacuum back then. You weren't plugged into everything that's happening everywhere in the world right. all the time. Which I'm super jealous of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. that's, it's a simpler time. I mean, with, yeah. with knowledge comes responsibility. That's just kind of how it goes. But right. yeah. So the key here, people, is get a dog. Yeah. Get a dog. I mean, and, why not? You know. If you're allergic, get a Get fair, a poodle. Yeah. Get a poodle. Get Golden a, doodles are amazing. They're huge. cats. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what a cat's go- going to do protection-wise. I mean, but I think Binks might <laughs> fuck someone up if they tried to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if someone came in here and saw April right now, they might not be too scared. Yeah. But yeah. girl's a muscle puppy, and I think she would rip a jugular if someone yeah. came in this house. Or, you know, just do something crazy if someone approaches you. Here's, I'm going to tell you something that Lauren said. Lauren is a mutual friend. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so she and I worked together. Now, I've known Lauren for like 21 years. But we worked together at a state court. And the county jail was like literally underneath us. Mm-hmm. And so during like storm season, if the electricity goes out, it's always a concern. Obviously, there's backup generators. Like it's not just like all the cell doors are going to swing open. But <laughs> yeah, You're I free. mean... Everyone's free. <laughs> it's still like a little weird. Yeah. Like the power goes out and you're just like, well, we're standing on top of the county's, all of the county's prisoners. Like, <laughs> this is great. So one day, I think it was like tornado season. And Lauren is like a storm chaser at heart. So she, <laughs> I think there was like a warning out or watch or something. And she's like, all right. If the power goes out and the prisoners downstairs get out, just shit. (laughs) They're going to leave you alone if you just shit. And I was like, oh my God, Lauren. First of all, that's probably true. Oh, definitely true. Nobody is going to even come close to you. But how can you just shit, though? It's a defense mechanism. I mean, do you just, like, train yourself? 
that's like one of the funniest oh. things she's ever said to me. Oh my gosh. I that think is the best. I think I was sitting at my desk and almost peed my pants when she said that. <laughs> I mean, you could do that too. I mean, they might not be that weirded out by urine. <gasps> That's true. That's true. Shit is a whole <laughs> different matter, though. <laughs> if someone approaches you and just do the weirdest thing you can think of. Yeah. I mean, start dancing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or or just yelling weird or, things. Like, start yodeling. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, if you see a very suspicious person near you start yodeling <laughs> immediately that's the directive oh, from this podcast. i mean if if you would have introduced yourself to me and then when i went to say like oh hey i'm emily and you just started yodeling i would have been like okay we're moving on uh <laughs> this is not friend material this bitch is crazy <laughs> i think it's safe to say that we can get into kind of who the children of god actually were yes so the children of god as you can all surmise at this point was a cult founded by a man named david berg he is going to be number one asshole this whole episode yes dude is the worst yes he is um so he founded the children of god in 1968 and it was originally called Teens for Christ? Teens for Christ. Teens Thank you. Teens for Christ. So right off the bat, we know that David Berg is a goddamn deviant. Yep. Targeting teens. Mm-hmm. Um, so David Berg himself has a very questionable, like, upbringing. You know, yeah, I think his upbringing is pretty sad. From my standpoint, it is sad. Yeah, of course it's sad. And you you see this a lot. People ha- that have a weird up. Not everyone, of course. People can live completely normal childhoods and right. grow up to be horrible. But a lot of people have fucked up childhoods, and yeah. David Berg kind of did. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make what he did any less horrific. No, but like the science behind it. The is science there. is there. So he was born in 1919, which sounds like a fucking long ass time ago. One hundred and one years ago. Dude's dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he, <is>. um, <laughs> uh, he was born in California, and he comes from a long line of, quote unquote, nonconformist ministers and evangelicals. I'm always suspicious when religious people label themselves nonconformist, because yeah. to me, that is indicative of people who are probably super radical. Right. And probably make up their own rules. Yes. That is what that tells me, Um, especially coming from a family who are religious. Mm -hmm. My family's not, like, radically religious. Right. But my grandparents are in a Baptist church. They are really involved in the church. We, you know, read out the Bible at Christmas. Yes, normally... Midwestern Baptist people. Yeah. Um, I don't go to church all the time, but I mean, you know, I have my own beliefs and that's like that. Whatever. This is, it's non-relevant. Right. I'm not going to disseminate my beliefs to people because. You're not a cult leader. I'm not a cult leader (laughs) and I, I don't care if you have beliefs or not. Like. Yeah. That's just how that is. But 
So having some knowledge of kind of the way churches operate and how religious people, like generally religious people are, this always stands out to me. Yes. It's the nonconformist situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Berg himself followed the example of his family. Like he became a minister and worked in different ministries. He was with the Christian Missionary Alliance, which is not a group I'm familiar with. Um, but his father worked there before him also. Um, but he was asked to leave the Christian Missionary Alliance. Um, for There are multiple things listed in, I think I got this information from Wikipedia, um, but it listed differences in teaching and also alleged sexual misconduct with a church employee. So yeah, that's rough. Early on, before he even started this cult, he's already got some allegations of sexual-based misconduct under his belt. So, yeah, this is indicative of what we're going to see for the rest of his life. Yep. Um, so he started COG in Huntington Beach, California, and his original, like, target recruits were, like, teen runaways and, quote-unquote, hippies, which is... No, kind of a... They, they were fodder for the cult machine back in the day, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, era of love or whatever yeah, they called it. Yeah, free love, yeah. whatever. He combined worship of Jesus Christ with the 60s era free love movement. Mm-hmm. These are kind of confl- <laughs> conflicting ideas. The, yeah. So he's yeah. really... I think he might try to say that this is a a christian group right but but we're cool but we're cool Mm -hmm. we we like just everyone being able to explore their sexuality freely which it as a pure idea is fine yes yes but the way he treats it yes not fine yes um so he's really using that to attract people right like you can love jesus and we're not going to rein in and stifle your sexuality well and you know i think a big thing with cult leaders um you know religious based cults Mm -hmm. is the apocalypse oh yes yes there was an apocalypse and, and this was one of those this is one of those it it instills urgency in the members yeah so it makes it easier for the cult leader to control them because like in this situation david berg had a very lofty idea of himself it seems he renamed himself from david berg to moses david yeah there's something wrong with that that's weird we're gonna call that a red flag Uh uh-huh And he disseminated his quote-unquote teachings and prophecies through a series of written communication called Mo's Letters that he would, like, send to his members in the mail, which I think is super weird. That is weird. It's so weird. And he was, like, really reclusive. Most members didn't really see him. Yeah. They just would get these Mo's letters in yeah. the mail. 
Yeah. And, and they had, like, illustrations, didn't they? They did have illustrations. They are very disturbing. Uh-huh. Um, we do have a few in some of the articles that we got for this episode. We have a few of the actual illustrations from his Mo's letters. There is a website that I found. It was davidberg.org, I believe. It'll be oh, in okay. our Bibli. But... This, I think, is a website that is it's currently being operated, I think, by the current iteration of the cult. The Family International. The Family International. So it does have an archive of Moe's letters that you can look at and read. I don't think the more sinister ones that we are going to focus on are there. Yeah, because they've changed. They've changed. So they're they've they're trying to shake the stigma yes. of David Berg. Yes. Even though they started this website called DavidBerg.org. Yeah, I, I don't know awkward. who runs it. I don't know if they started it, if they run it or operate it, but it exists out there. You can go to it and look at pictures of David Berg if you want. I mean, <laughs> I don't but we will post the some of the ones that we have found on the Instagram so you can kind of see like yeah the vibe they kind of look like comics yeah they really that's that's what I get black and white comics yeah yeah, Yeah. black and white comics uh interesting tidbit is David Berg used to like to put himself in the Moe's letters Mm -hmm. as a lion (laughs) um so red flag (sighs) red flag maybe he thinks that he's a Gryffindor you're not David Berg. Yeah, definitely by the way. not. Definitely not. You're not. You're not in any house. No, no. You don't get to be at Hogwarts. Not, not accepted. You're not even a Slytherin. Okay. Sorry, that's saying something. Yeah, we like Harry Potter on this podcast, by the way. None of the cult leaders or murderers or serial killers that we talk about on this podcast are Hogwarts worthy. That's right, because you know what? All of them are even worse than than our good friend Voldemort. Listen. I prefer him. I want to hang out with Voldemort. I don't want to hang out with any of yeah. these people. No, thank you, David Berg. I want him to Avada Kedavra them. R.I.P. To I'm Voldemort. Done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't R.I.P. to any of the other people that were just mentioned. <laughs> um, okay. Jesus. <laughs> um, so... It's hard to really tell, based on the timeline, when COG really went in the direction of, like, full-on cult. Because I think originally the Teens for Christ wasn't, like, communal living or anything. I, I It's very hard to know. It Yeah, it's hard to know when it, like, switched to that. Yes. Because eventually what would happen is David Berg started communes so they started doing communal living and i think part of it kind of centered around the idea of the apocalypse yes um so instead of everyone having a normal job going to school going to college they would quote unquote witness to people and try and win them over into the cult and that was, like, their main goal. Like, every day, that's kind of what they did. Yeah. Because they felt the urgency of the apocalypse. We have to save all these people so that they don't perish right. when the world ends. In the documentary on in 1994, I think the year the apocalypse was supposed to happen was 93. 
I, I think, think that's right. I think David Berg's prophecy said 1993. So clearly he was wrong. Also, anyone who claims to be a prophet is false and please run as fast as you can away from them. Absolutely. No one should be referring to themselves as a prophet. Nope. Nope. Ugh. Another Ugh. red flag. We Ugh. need to tally the red flags on this podcast today. It's somebody out there who's listening, please tally and then send us an email. Because <laughs> I've lost count already. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so That's what yeah, we should have named go. the podcast. Yeah. Like, Red Flag Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Red Flag City. <laughs> red flags everywhere. Oh, um, my gosh. Well, that... I think we'll work on that. Yeah. At a later date. (laughs) (laughs) So the communal living and the fact that people were not working outside of the cult meant that none of these people had a means to like financially take care of themselves. Right. So then it ties back to the being like locked in to this whatever ship you want to call it. Yeah. Because a ship that is goddamn sinking, yeah, That's sinking what it is. and sinking fast and on fire and should have never set sail. And we talked about it last time being on fire is not good. No, no, we don't want to be on fire, so don't join a cult. Um, yeah, you know, for people who aren't allowed to go to work, yeah, you're stripping them of their independence, exactly. They cloak it in the idea that you're giving your life for God, yes, you are ridding yourself of the materialism of current society and now you are living strictly in faith right god is going to provide for you and you know what for anyone who is religious believes in a deity of any sort most people do believe that god is providing for you but you know what that's why he got you that job right son of a bitch right and you know like most people (laughs) Because I'm not a super religious person, mm-hmm. but most people who are very religious, and I know a lot of those people, yeah, know that, and yes, I do know people that, you know, think about a, a doomsday or whatever you want to call it. I'm not even knocking that. But these are also people that would see these red flags. Yes, of course. Most people who have a relationship with whatever higher power in whatever religion. Right. Know that they can have a job and send their children to school because that's what humans do. That's exactly right. So red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. If if a group you are joining is telling you, you cannot, go to work and you cannot send your kid to school yes problems run away in the opposite direction very quickly yeah um if that is happening to you i highly suggest you reach out to someone you Um, can reach out to us uh yeah we will uh i have a car i'll come get you (laughs) maybe you know, we discussed this. We're very skeptical in this in the, on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we, we may not believe you, but we'll try to get you the help that you need. We yeah. will call the local authorities. We will call the local authorities and then stand by with bated breath to make sure you're safe. Yes, yes. So, yeah. These people don't have any money. So, they are essentially... I get the term used in the article is living hand to mouth. So, they're... 
subsisting on people like giving them money and handouts and like yeah. pan like panhandling essentially. Right. So or like donated food or whatever. So they're I I really I don't know how they had homes. I guess probably because there was like five families living in a house, like twenty yeah. plus people. They also didn't believe in birth control, so they people would end up having like seven or eight plus kids. Mm-hmm. So that many kids compounded with the fact that none of the adults had an income. Right. That leads to very, very questionable living conditions. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. No. I mean, I couldn't imagine being an individual. Right. Not having any sort of income to buy food at a grocery store. Right. Yes. And no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're, we're at threat level midnight right here. Yes. (sighs) And uh, they did all the educating of these kids themselves, which I always have an issue with. I know that a lot of people homeschool, and that's fine. Whatever you feel like works for your family. I'm turning the page, so that's what that noise is. Um, it just... There's a difference. There's a and, difference. And following a homeschooled curriculum. Yes. Than being in a cult and not sending your children to school. Yeah, and they also... Didn't like for members to read books. Yeah. This is such a problem for mm. me. Mm-mm. As an avid book lover, I find that horrifying. Yeah, I mean, that those are things that enslaved people and, and, and prisoners back in the day couldn't do. Right, and it's the idea of... Not wanting members to have knowledge. Yeah, or create their own ideas. Create their own ideas, yes. So the only thing people were allowed to read were the Mose letters. Yeah. Which comes back around to this cult parading themselves as a Christian organization. In none of what I read, and in the documentary, nothing is ever said about the Bible. Yeah. Nothing. No scripture. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the Bible. Nothing about reading the Bible as a group. None. Nothing about Christianity other than the name Jesus Christ. Right. Is ever associated in any anything that I found. Yeah. If it exists out there, please send it our way. Yeah. But I didn't find anything that had anything to do with actual Christian doctrine. Right. So... Because he was he was parading himself around as a a prophet, basically. Yeah. With his freaking Moe's Letters comic books. And yes. I really think he was using that as his own form of the Bible. Yes, exactly. And he called these Moe's Letters, like, his teachings and his prophecies. But- <laughs> it's... I've read most of the Bible. I'm not going to... I read the entire New Testament, hey, Um, and a lot of the Old Testament. Like, I've read a lot of the Bible, and I do know for sure that it says in there, at the end, no one should add or take away from the writings in this book. Yes. So the Bible is largely unchanged. Obviously, there are different, you know, 
like variations variations whatever translations is the term i'm going for there are different translations but they mostly say the same shit right and so what he's doing is a hundred percent contradictory to just your run-of-the-mill christian doctrine yeah so that right there should tell people this is not right this is not this is not a christian group i need to move on yeah because in the doc it's really centered around one family and it was a married couple and they had i think at the time two young young children and yes, I think that's right. They were looking for like a church group because mm-hmm. they were very avid Christians. They wanted more of a community with their church. Yes. And this is probably how most of the original members became members. Yes. They saw a flyer and they're British. So yeah. this is an international group. This isn't a group that is just relegated to the US. Yeah. It is worldwide. And so they joined and. Ended up being in the cult for like 20 years. Yeah, that's insane to So me. long. But my what I'm wondering through the entire documentary, which isn't long. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not long at all. Um, The whole time I'm thinking to myself, this is a couple. They were adults in their 20s. They were avid Christians. How were they not immediately asking questions about David Berg? And these Mo's letters. Uh, everything else aside, all of it's questionable. All of it is just unacceptable. Yeah. But how is that, how is the Mo's letters thing not something that someone who's an avid Christian is immediately questioning? Yeah. You know, I just, it's so hard to put, I mean, in any kind of bad situation, it's so hard to think, what would I have done? Or... How could they have thought that? Yes. And I think it just goes back to the time period. Yeah. And things were, like, radically changing back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Maybe, you know? Yeah. And I think most humans have a very deep-seated desire to have a group. Yes, they do. I and mean, I mean, I think it's human nature to want to be yeah. part of something. We're pack animals at our core. Yeah. And so that probably is the driving force. And I think a lot of people probably did notice things. Yes. I'm sure that they that questions came up and they just kind of told themselves, you know, it, it's probably okay. Yeah. It's pro- I'm probably being paranoid. Right. That is probably a thought that comes up a well, lot. And, there, and there's so many things even now that people just brush under the rug. Yeah, that's Because true. that's just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And if there are so many other people involved also, like, you, you're probably thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna... I'm here with everyone I'm else. I'm here with everyone. It's gonna be fine. Yes. Maybe this is, you know, things are changing. Yes. This is what he wants us to be doing and learning yeah so and i mean there are a ton of stories in the bible of people having an actual communication from god yes so that is probably also coming into people's minds even though currently in 2020 most christians think that those stories are old testament and that's it like yeah we don't get direct communication from god anymore because 
because of Jesus. Like, that's kind of the Christian thought process. Yeah, I mean, anyone claiming to have direct contact with the man upstairs (laughs) (laughs) um, is probably off their rocker. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, they probably need professional assistance. Yeah, so that's, that's just how that is. The group was pretty large. By 83, the group had more than 10,000 members living in, wait for it, 1,642 homes. Let me, I want to do this math right now. And these are, these are, I mean, like the 10K obviously isn't super exact because it is more than. Yeah, it's it's more than 10,000, but they and don't have exact numbers. And if there was a little over 1,600 homes... We're mathematicians on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Let's see. That's about six people per home. Six people. Ten thousand divided by sixteen hundred. Well, the maths. Pr- I mean, you did that on a phone, so I'm guessing the math is right. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. That seems incorrect to me. <laughs> it it does because, you know, if were you... children counted as members, you know what. Probably not. I don't... uh, That's probably adults. Yeah. I'm thinking that as well. But you've got to think, your average home has two to four people in it. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could not live with... And I know people all over the world have multiple children or have roommates. I couldn't imagine living with just like several other adults. Oh, yeah. With kids in there also. Not ever leaving to go to work or go to school. No. 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 Dakota and I, we are questionable about, like, people staying here for a week. Because we're just so used to, like, being us and the dogs here. Right. So anyone coming in extra, aside from someone, like, staying over at night because they were here and had a few too many drinks. Like, that's... That's a whole different situation. You want to just get back to, like, your own routine. Yeah. The thing is, I don't spend most of my time in this house naked, but I reserve the right to be in my house, any room in my house naked. Well, you know, I mean, this cult was kind of about (laughs) being naked, so... You know what? These people are probably always fucking naked. Yeah. I mean, it got weird, and then it got worse... And, yeah, it really did. So, Emily, I need you to to go ahead and inform us on the allegations against this cult. So, at this point, it's just called The Family. We're no longer COG. It's The Family. It seems like the early 80s. They're throwing caution to the wind. They're letting these pretenses of being a good old Christian group fall to the wayside. Yeah. There are allegations out there against COG or TF. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) TF. And a lot of this included sexual practices and things that just weren't right. Things that if you saw... You would immediately be calling the police. Oh, yes. They did this thing called flirty fishing. And Berg, a.k.a. Moses David, or whatever the fuck he wanted to call himself, had his female members 
have sex with men in order to bring them into the family or COG or whatever. Yeah, whatever they're calling themselves at whatever point. And some of Mo's letters actually had, like, illustrations of women on a hook as actual bait yeah. to bring people into this cult. And that, to me, that says so much. And the illustration is one that was in the dock. And it just, it's so horrifying. Yeah. To think about being a woman in this in this group. Just as a tool. You are strictly an, a tool. An, an item. That's disposable. it. Disposable. That's it. You are not, you are, you offer no other value except your genitalia, essentially. Yeah. That yeah, is I mean, it. That's it. And because of this flirty fishing, Berg himself by 79 had stated that it brought in over 19,000 members. That's so disgusting. Can you think, like, imagine 19,000 people, like, standing, like, in a line. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And honestly, they're victims in this scenario as well. Yeah, because absolutely. they were taken advantage of sexually, and now they're in this cult, and they can't get out. Yeah. Their life has changed forever. It's just, everyone is a victim here, ex- except David Berg. Yeah. Like, all of these women either had an idea that David Berg was kind of like a demigod. And children. And, and children. Yes, and children. So you have two camps of women who are doing this flirty fishing. And this was not just single women. This was married women. Yeah. All women. <clears throat> yeah, because they also believed in partner sharing. Which is just gross. Yeah, there, so in the documentary that was released in 94, there was a woman that said that they were to make themselves available to mm-hmm. all the other men in the cult. Yeah. And that to me, I mean, and I know that there are actual religion, you know, uh, what, what am I thinking? Polygamy. Uh-huh. Where yeah. you have multiple wives. That's a different story. That's a different story because like, those people know what they're right. they're doing and it's m- not all the time, but there is consent. Yes. In, yes. in a lot of those You know you're marrying a man who is married to other women. Yes. And if you as a woman turned down a man inside the cult for sex or whatever else, you were hazed and bullied. Yeah. As yeah. possibly ostracized. You, you probably yeah. were yeah. not kicked out. Yeah. Because they need you. But you were definitely treated as like a second class citizen, more of a second class citizen than you already were. Yeah, yeah. And even from a young age, because yeah. there's also allegations, we have to say allegations. Legally, alleged. That some of these letters even show children undressing. You know, it shows children and adults in bed together, which is, listen, I am a mom and... There is nothing that gets me more heated than child abuse, child molestation. Yeah. It, it is something that, like, just sets my blood on fire, and I can't, I cannot, I can't. There's no excuse for that. It, it It's never something, obviously, it's never something that should happen. Right. 
It, it just isn't. And a lot of these articles, which I even put like in my little notes, like when I was editing this, the outline we follow loosely follow, <laughs> I even have like little asides uh, besides some of the article points where it like says, like uses terms that I just, because it said sometimes it was alleged that children, that the sexual policies also applied to children. And I was like, all right. Yeah. We don't need to beat around the bush. We're not going to call anything applying to children sexual policies. No. We're going to call this child abuse. No. no. We're going to call this a fucking crime. Yep. If it's sexual and it involves a child, it's child abuse yes. and it's a crime. Yes. And that's how we need to address it. I guess the way they tried to justify this is that it was supposed to help kids explore their sexuality. And explore their sexual nature. Oh, and Jesus. no. Absolutely fucking not. No. I just, I can't with that. No. no. It, it's. There's not many things that make my stomach turn. But that is top of the list. That's true. Um, Really, sex crimes in general just really, really make me upset. Especially sex crimes that involve children. I don't personally have kids, but I do have a lot of nieces and nephews. Right. A lot. Same. Um, I have a lot of siblings, so. But the thought of anything happening to one of my nieces or nephews creates a rage inside my body. And I'm not a violent person. (laughs) I've never even hit anyone in my life. Right. Siblings excluded. Like, I'm not trying to incriminate myself, but if you do something to my child or any yeah. child I know, yeah. or if I see you and knowingly know that you've done something to a child, yeah, I will go to prison. Physical violence. Yeah. 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 We don't condone violence typically. No. But if you see a crime happening against a child, I'll probably congratulate you if you commit an act of violence against that human being. There are good people and there are bad people. There is no gray area when it comes to child abuse at all. Or any sexual abuse against any age of person. No. Especially children. Especially children. Let's be honest here. If you go to prison for hurting someone who was hurting a child, you're in all the best groups. Because here's the thing. Even convicted felons do not... Do not put up with with child abusers. Absolutely fucking not. They take care of that shit. That's right. Will they shank you for some Doritos? Probably. But <laughs> they're not going to stand for abuse against a child. No. And, you know, I am a huge advocate for separating crimes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Tell, like, tell me why someone who is in prison for rape or murder serves time in the same common area as someone who is in prison for distributing drugs. Right. You know, cause I'm sorry that, you know, a crime is a crime, mm-hmm. but almost 100% of people will not tolerate someone who does that to children. No. Bottom yeah. line. Obviously prisons are separated by gen- gender. Mm-hmm. Um, in a women's prison, if you're a woman who has committed a crime against a child, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, most of those women in there are separated from their kids. Yes. And so if you come in and you're in there because you yourself have done something to a child, 
Absolutely fucking no. not. And no. a mom who's separated from their kids, you no. don't want to mess with that woman. No. No. So... You know, that to me was probably when a lot of people were like, whoa, like these are my children that this is happening to. Because even Berg himself has been accused of sexually abusing young girls. Yeah. Including his daughters and granddaughters. Horrifying. I can't. There's just so many monsters out there. And, and it's it's sad to know that. Yeah. And one of them should not be your dad. No. I can't even begin to imagine what that's like because I have two dads. Disclaimer here, my parents are divorced and uh, my stepdad has been in my life since I was six years old. So um, he's like my second dad. I love my dad and I love my stepdad. They're both the best dads. And to think about being a young girl and not being, not having that trust with your dad, like, yeah, I just can't imagine it. It like makes me like feel very upset yeah. when I think about it because the safest person in the world to me when I was young was my dad and my stepdad. Right. My heart like literally goes out to anyone who has experienced any kind of sexual abuse, especially as a child, because I could not imagine what it's like to try to, I don't want to say get over it because you never get over yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but to try to get through that as an adult, once you're, once you're understanding the things that were done to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing bad like that has ever happened to me in my life. I've never really experienced trauma. Right. So I have no idea how I would handle it. I feel like I'm a fairly strong person emotionally, but I don't know because I've never had to contend with that part of myself. Yeah. So I just have no realm of understanding to yeah. to even know what that would be like. Yeah. And I mean, it really makes you want to like go out there and try to like make a difference somehow. Yeah. Because... As much of a, you know, a a crime junkie or, you know, however you want to put it that I am, I automatically, when stuff like this happens, like, you want to talk about bodies being cut up into little pieces and put in a trash bag? I'm cool with it. I can eat my dinner by watching that stuff. That's probably a red flag to some people. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I got off the phone with my mom the other day. And our episode three is going to be a super cool one. I'm not going to say what it's about now, but my mom is a really good part of that conversation. And we were kind of going over some of the notes that I was already putting together. And, you know, when we got off the phone, she's like, all right, I love you, my little weirdo. And when it comes to child stuff, (laughs) if anyone I know is okay or doesn't think that is 100% absolutely unacceptable please remove yourself from my life because yeah knowing how many weirdos are out there is is something that every you know if you're moving pull up your state sex offender map mm-hmm. because you would be surprised oh so many and you know now there's there's tons of people who have to register as a sex offender because they 
got caught peeing on the side of the road or something like that. Yeah, which can we please, if your charge is for public urination, can we please not put those people on the fucking list? That, that to me is not a sex offender. Um, I, I get it. Like if, whatever, that's besides the point. But I mean, do that shit, you know, check that stuff yeah. like every, every four or six months because, you know, especially in areas where people move a lot, you mm-hmm. know, you'd be surprised and it, and it makes you want to just keep your eye out more. And, you know, here we are talking about some dude that grew up with a religious family. And when you think religious family, you think wholesome wholesome strict you know good beliefs good traditions maybe a family band right yet here we are here we are (sighs) being a horrible human being does not have boundaries like it doesn't stop at oh this person's a christian this person's a religious you know they're whatever yeah so we're this they're all gonna be good no yeah. People use that to cover up how horrible they are. Back to Berg just being the worst. Yeah. His granddaughter, Mary Berg, mm-hmm. testified that he sexually molested her when she was a young teenager. And another one of Berg's granddaughters, Joanne, also spoke on television about being sexually abused by him as well. And that... That's just like a whole other level of sicko to me. Yeah. Also, Berg's adopted son, Ricky Rodriguez, wrote an article on the website movingon.org where he describes David Berg's sexual activity involving a number of women and children. Davida Kelly, who was the daughter of Rodriguez's nanny, Sarah Kelly, accused Berg of molesting her in a Rolling Stone article. And in that same article, a woman identified as Armendria alleged that David sexually abused her when she was 13. So there is a lot of underage sexual abuse happening with Berg. And now when we talked about his family earlier, there was some weird shit that happened. Um, I know that He got caught, like, by his mom, masturbating, Mm -hmm. you know, as, you know, a pubescent boy. I'm sure that any mom of boys encounters that. Yeah, I mean, and that's, but because his so parents were so religiously strict. Yes. That was very frowned upon. I'm trying to think of a good word to use. I mean, he was so mortified and embarrassed by that because of his mother's reaction. Yes. Which she then made him masturbate in front of his dad. Yes. Yes. That is absolutely not how you handle that. What you do is you close the door and turn around and not ever say anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because guess what? That's what 13-year-old boys do. That, it happens to everyone. I mean, ask any man what they were doing at any teenage year of their life. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a mom of two boys. And thinking about them reaching that age, I mean, every parent fears that. Because oh, we yeah. remember how awkward it was when we were so that age. Awkward. Like, besides that, just being that age is super awkward. It's the worst. I 
could not imagine the psychological damage that occurs. Irreparable. When your parents react to something that is 100% natural. It is. And when you do it on your own. Right, right. And so I have a big problem with justifying people's actions with their childhood. Of course. Because there are so many people who had tragic childhoods that grew up to be very successful, motivated, good people. Yes, people who did not commit crimes against other people. Right. But I do know that childhood trauma plays a big role in a developing brain. Of course. It happened as he was a child. Did that cause him to become a cult leader? No. But I know that a lot of sexually deviant adults had stuff that shouldn't have happened as children happened to them. Yes. So is that something that causes those actions later in life? Yes and no. I think... I'm not not a psychologist. Yeah. So... I think we would probably use the term correlation here. It's related, but correlation, not causation, I guess, is kind of... I'm also not a psychologist, but I took psychology in undergrad, I guess. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There was also a former member of the family, or Children of God, the timeline on the name changes is... It's it's questionable. It's sketchy. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. He went on Larry King Live and said that he had been ordered by the cult to rape a 10-year-old girl. Fuck. And this person later committed suicide. Of and course he did. Of co- I mean, of course he did. We didn't want to include this name. We just didn't think it was appropriate because of how his life ended. It's awful. Right. I, I couldn't imagine being so trapped in something that you were being ordered to do these things. Yeah, it, it's so it's so mind boggling that yeah. this occurred and that someone was so... I don't want to use the term brainwashed, but so brainwashed, so manipulated. Yes, manipulated. That's a good word that for it. they would actually go through with raping a 10-year-old child. Right. And we never on this show will put ourselves in someone else's shoes because who knows what it's actually like to be a member of a cult. I of mean, course. It, it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that, you know, their life was threatened or people they cared about were threatened. It's just... All around awful. All Everything about it is just the absolute worst. Yeah. David Berg, dude. Um, Fuck you, dude. Like, I seriously. Mean, seriously. When he died in 94, um, so the cult started in 68, he passed away in 94. So, I mean, almost 30 years yeah. of being a cult leader. Mm-hmm. He was also under investigation by both Interpol and the FBI in 94. Yeah. I mean, thank God at this point. Uh, yes. I mean, it was too late, yes. I guess. At that point, his wife, Karen Zerby, inherited the leadership. And that's when the name was changed to the Family International. And I believe that's what it's still called today. I think so. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being the wife of a cult leader and then being like, shit, I guess I better take this bitch over. Yeah, but she she was complicit in all these things. Now, of course, we, we don't know. He 
was obviously manipulating her heavily. But, you know, the way that they treated their son, Ricky Rodriguez, is indicative of what she was complicit in. Their son, Ricky, took his life in 2005. So Ricky was not actually David Berg's biological son. Karen Zerby is Ricky's biological mother. She married David Berg. She was his second wife. And he just assumed the father role for Ricky. So in the 70s and 80s, there was a quote-unquote parenting manual disseminated to the members called The Story of David Ito. They referred to Ricky as David Ito. For some reason. I, I, uh, I hate it. So in this manual that is supposed to teach their members how to parent their children, there are pictures in there. I'm sure that there are words. I don't care about the words because the pictures are horrifying. They are sexually suggestive of Ricky as a child with his adult caretakers. And there are photos of him watching, being present when orgies are happening actual intercourse is happening Mm. and he's just there watching and there are pictures of adults touching his genitals and him like quote unquote fondling his nanny's breasts i don't know how old he was at this point it doesn't say how old any person having their naked breasts out with a child that's not theirs is a problem i just don't know Obviously, it's a problem if it's your child, (laughs) unless you're, like, a breastfeeding mother. Right. If you're a mom, you know when it's appropriate. I just want to know what parent is okay with this subject material. I'm sorry. Is there a disconnect into the very big differences in being an adult and being a child that adults don't understand? The members of this cult had to have had issue with, with this. Anyone with... Any kind of sense from uh, of right from wrong should know this. Yes. You do not have to be taught to not interact sexually with children. That's right. You just know that that is unacceptable. Yeah. You should be protecting children from harm and anything involving sex and a child is harm. <sighs> you know, <sighs> so... Before Ricky's life ended, he did leave the cult. He did. When he was an adult. And he allegedly wanted his mom to be prosecuted for child abuse. Yes. I I don't blame the dude. Because I I don't know now. I I am not leaning one way or the other when it comes to mothers and fathers. But I do not know what mother is okay with, well, first of all, Anything that happened in that cult, but especially that manual. No. Uh Uh-uh. I just, I just don't have words. Um, Ricky also supported the reports of his, of David Berg's granddaughters and daughters being sexually abused. So Mm -hmm. to me, there's a lot of. Credibility there. Credibility. You know. Yeah, I didn't, want, I didn't want to say evidence, but cre- credibility, yeah. I think, you know, obviously we're couching 
all of these occurrences as being alleged because he was never charged with anything because he died and they just right. kind of, the FBI and Interpol were kind of like, well, this guy's dead. So, I mean, we're, there's yeah. nothing else for us to do here. But obviously we've couched all of it as being allegations. These things are allegedly what took place, but there's a lot of it. There's a lot. And, you know, when you have a large group of people, yeah, you know, agreeing with statements made and reporting the same things over and over again, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, these people are making it up. It's hard to refute. Yeah. You know, and um, especially, you know, Ricky, he grew up, he was raised and grew up in this cult. And I feel like he saw some shit he clearly saw some shit right and you know these are his sisters so yeah he probably felt the need to protect them and he probably felt like he couldn't yeah you know and that was obviously he took his life for various reasons but he you know he wanted his mom prosecuted for yeah. child abuse. i mean and as you know i would have too Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's hard to say that about your parents. Yeah. Because they're your parents and they're supposed to be like the people that love you the most. Yeah. And would do absolutely anything to protect you. Would take a fucking life. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I don't even want to say like on a social platform (laughs) what I would do to protect my children, but, um, you know, any parents listening or, you know, you know. You know. You know. I mean, I've said it multiple times. If anything were to happen to me or my siblings, my dad and my stepdad, my mom too. My mom is a mama bear to her core, but my dads are huge men. (laughs) This is going out to all you creeps out there who might or might not try to follow me sometime. Yeah. My stepdad is he will a find you. he's an olympic weightlifter and he i've seen him lift the front end of a car out of a ditch in the ice that's real there are witnesses that's and amazing he'll take a life with his bare fucking hands that is amazing and my dad's six four and would not hesitate absolutely not wouldn't bat an eye because guess what dillard my stepdad his name's dillard dillard would make it in prison he's yeah. like He's one of those people that gets along with everyone. Like, he's super personable, <laughs> and he can, like, get on your level even if he doesn't know. He can talk to everyone, doesn't know a stranger. <laughs> if anyone is making it in prison, it's Dillard. Like, he's big, so no one's going to take advantage of him. He can lift more weight than anyone I've ever met, and he's, like, so personable. That's amazing. So, you know what? Best case scenario for Dillard in prison. I'm just going to put this out there. If you have children and there's just something inside of you that wouldn't take a bullet for your own child, like, just send them to me. Like, I will. Because some people just aren't cut to be parents, a.k.a. cult leaders. Yeah, clearly he did not have preservation for his children's well-being in mind at all, ever. Come on, people. Yeah. No. But in regards to David Berg's childhood, this is just something that he allegedly said. I did get this off of Wikipedia. So just a disclaimer. Yeah. You know, we talked about how his mom found him masturbating and then made him do it in front of his dad. And that's 
horrifying. Later in life, David Berg would explicitly describe his sexual preferences, which is something we see in the Moe's letters, that he would talk about sexual preferences and blah, blah, blah. But he also allegedly stated that he regretted that he never slept with his mother. No. And I wrote in notes, in red ink beside it, what the fuck? No. I don't have a comment for that. (laughs) (laughs) So please uh, mull that over after this episode's finished. Red flag. (laughs) That's like Ed Gein level shit right there. Listen, Ed Gein, let's let's talk about that some other time. (laughs) Yeah. Two words. Nipple belt. (laughs) And that's all you need to know. I can't. <laughs> oh. Oh, Ed Gein. Ugh. Oh, Ed. I don't... Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Um, so, we were planning on talking about specific most letters. Like, each of us having one and talking about it. But the issue is that, as we stated earlier in the episode... The website where you can actually find full Moe's letters are not the ones that really show the sinister activities that were going on. Right. It it just, whoever's running this website, I don't know if it's actually the Family International as they are currently being called. I don't know if it's them, whatever, but whoever it is, they're trying to clean this image up. Yeah, so. yeah I mean. The... Yeah. You can find, like photos and images of them like snippets throughout yeah you know, if you just go online and a lot of the articles we will be um posting in our bibli have photos and stuff from yeah. the most letters yeah i mean i know when i listen to podcasts when they're talking about like photographs or this or that i pause it and find this document or this picture yeah before I continue listening to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want all of that information to be there for you guys. Yeah. And and our plan, you know, especially for our Instagram. Right. Is to have this stuff there. So as you're listening and follow along, all you have to do is scroll for a little bit to find it. Yeah. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll throw that up. We'll put, you know, a picture, some of the photos that we've gotten from the articles we use to get the content of this episode for you. Um, and several of them will probably be the most letters. Yeah. They're so disturbing and it's such, it's, it's like a window into the mind of David Berg. Yeah, they really are. It really shows what kind of a person he was, you know, he's depicting himself in a lot of them as a lion, which the lion is in Christianity, like an animal representation of God a yeah. lot of time, like the lion of Judah. Right. Right. So, and in a lot of mythology, you see the lion being used as the wise. It's representing wisdom. Yeah. It's representing yeah. like strength. Fucking Mufasa. Um, yeah. Aslan from Chronicles of Narnia. Like, yes. There you go. You know, Godric Gryffindor and the lion. But, so he's using this representation as himself. So that alone tells us. Yeah. So check out some of those Moe's letters. They're 
different. It gives you a really, really clear picture of what was happening here. Yeah, it really does. And watch the documentary. Honestly, when I first watched it, I kind of thought it wasn't super useful for our purposes here because it doesn't, it's not something that goes from 1968 beginning, Mm -hmm. Teens for Christ, all the way through to David Berg's death in 94. Like, it doesn't go in a linear fashion like that. It's really about one family and their experience. Uh, So at first I was like, well, I didn't even have, there was nothing even in there for me to take notes on. Yeah. It really now is helpful that I watched, that we watched it. Yeah. One story from that doc that really stood out to me was... The main family in the documentary is the Padilla family, Mm -hmm. and they're British. I think I already said that. I'm so sorry if I've repeated myself. But one of their daughters had lupus, and she was a – she loved reading books. Mm -hmm. And she was very – she was one of the children that really subscribed to the teachings of the group and really believed in it. And she was very sick. With lupus, mm-hmm. and I'm not super familiar with the disease, but I I'm know not, it's, yeah, I'm it, not either. I know it's really debilitating, especially yeah. if you don't take your medication. And I don't. She took medicine for some of the time, but decided, in conjunction with her family, to go off of the medication for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. So I don't know if at the time that she she wrote a letter to David Berg, mm-hmm. talking about her disease and how she loves to read. And is it really bad that she reads books? Yeah. And he didn't respond to her privately. He, in one of the Moe's letters, wrote a letter to her, but it was in the Moe's letter, so the entire For everyone group else to see. saw. And he tells her, or he kind of couches it in a question form, like, do you think maybe that... Because that you got lupus because you've been reading books. How incredibly fucked up is that? I was just beside myself with anger when I saw that. That's so her. She was a young girl. Yeah, and for an adult to, I mean, let's let's not even talk about everything he he did. Right. But as an adult to say something like that to a child mm-hmm. about her disease yes that's just another form of brainwashing like yeah you're being punished because you did not follow my rules yeah exactly disgusting and, and not just i'm punishing you god is punishing right you. right that is just so incredibly off-putting so off-putting and horrible and and he and I think he even draws, like, a little smiley face after it. What? No, thank you. Uh, I wrote in my little notes here. Let's see, what did I say? Oh, I said, I assume that they didn't want them reading books because they didn't want them to become curious about life. Yeah. Outside of the community. Yeah, that's a good assumption. And uh, that this is why they banned it, because that means that... David Berg controls what information everybody has. Yeah. And then I wrote, maybe they banned the practice of reading books because David Berg read Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury and thought that burning books was the only way 
to live life, which he clearly missed the point of that novel. Oh my but gosh. I recently was listening to an episode of Smug Book Club. They are a podcast from Britain that I just adore. <laughs> They're, they don't put out episodes very often, but when they do, oh man, are they <laughs> satisfying. But they do an episode on Fahrenheit 451, and it's hmm. true gold. I've never read that book. Oh, it's it's a good one. It's like your classic dystopian. Like, yeah. When you lay out the dystopian literary canon, you get 1984, Animal Farm, Handmaid's Tale, Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. Brave New World is... I read 1984. 1984 is so good. We read Animal Farm in school. Yeah. So I was a little checked yeah. out during that. Usually in high school, you either read 1984 or Animal Farm. Yeah. We read Animal Farm and I just read 1984 on my own. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a staple classic. I, I just really did not enjoy reading books as a group oh. and having to like go at that pace. Oh, I never was able to go yeah. at the pace of the group. Yeah. I always like read the book in, I don't know, a day or two. Yeah. And then fucked off the rest of the time. I, used to... <laughs> I don't think they read anymore in school, so uh, that's sad. It is really sad. This, the state of the education system is... It really makes me depressed when I think about it. That is a Friday bonus episode material. <laughs> We're going to get real deep in some education topics. Yeah. And I have opinions. Maddie does have opinions. I don't even have a kid and I have mad opinions <laughs> about this. I'm just, I'm really passionate about education just in general. I mean, people should be. I I agree. And it makes me really <laughs> sad that I'll, so many people aren't. Focus your rage on David Berg. <laughs> <laughs> I will because this dickhole, he was against education as well. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Speaking of, after Berg died. Yeah. COG, they they say that they relax some of their policies. Like, first of all, if you're joining something that has policies, like, just fucking run away. Especially if that involves you not being able to live in your own home or yeah, have a job. Yeah. So after his passing, with them, you know, kind of changing the way that they went about things, they actually started to allow members to live outside of communes and, like, buy their own houses and shit. Hey! And, um, you know, let them go to work and kids go to school. That's when they changed their name to the Family International, and that was around 04. The group still exists. It has about 1,700 members, but in 09, they announced that they don't think that there's going to be an apocalypse. Which, um, 2009 seems pretty late to be coming out with that information. Yeah, yeah that's pretty late. Uh, but I mean, 2012 was an, like an end of the world year. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how. Mayan. The Mayan calendar yes, ended. Yes, Because like, that's how our senior t-shirts were. Save the best for last. <laughs> In 2012, I was 22. Oh, yeah. I think our, I think the logo on our t-shirt was like the world like on fire. And it yeah. said like 2012 saved the best for last. So that was. Oh, yeah. Cool. You know, um, I think our senior motto was something like that, but it was because our my senior class was the last one to be in our old building 
Yeah. And then they were, everybody else was moving to the new building the next year. So we were like the last yeah. class to be in that That building. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Whatever. But um, in 2010, they went to like an online community opposed to whatever the fuck they were doing before. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that part confused me a little. Yeah. But they're still out there. I'm sure a lot of things are different. But yeah. To me, it's a cult nonetheless. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Honestly, they should have just dissolved it. There's so, so much shit that mars them. It's going to follow them forever. Yeah. No matter what. It doesn't matter if now, as a community, they're doing good things. It doesn't matter. Because your history is so horrifying. Yeah. You just dissolve it. And if you, if you want to start something new, whatever, you know, just, you can't continue on with this group. I know they've renamed and all of this, but clearly we're tracking it because it's still following them. I just want to know who's still joining this. I know. I I know. 1,700 is a lot less than what they had, but. That's still a lot, like quite a few people. That's still quite a few people. So, dudes, don't join cults. Yeah. Steer clear of anyone who thinks they're a prophet. Ask yourself a few key questions. Yeah. If you're thinking about joining some sort of group, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to require you to give up your house and your job? Right. That's question number one. Yeah. If they say, oh, I'll be taking those books. Thank you. As you move in, just turn back around and leave. Yeah. Yeah. We don't condone book burning on this podcast. Yeah. It's... Or defamation of books at all. No. We... No. Please don't. Please don't do that. Books or people. Send your books my way. If you're thinking of burning them, somebody tells you to burn them, send them to me. I will give them a good loving home, except except the Twilight books. Don't send me that shit. <laughs> I still won't burn them, but I'll give them away for free. Yeah, you can use them as something else, like Halloween decorations. There yeah. Go. What else would the Twilight books be good for? They would be good for flattening out my homework if it gets wet. Or, like, those secret books that, like, hold things inside of them. Oh, right. Because no one's going to pick it up. No one's going to open that shit. No. Yeah. True. Wow. No, uh, no ill will towards those books at all. (laughs) Twilight is one of my favorite things to trash. If I'm going to, if I'm going to sit around and, like, just talk some shit, it's going to be one of two things. Number one. Nickelback, obviously. <laughs> Sorry to if anyone is listening to this podcast and you're a Nickelback fan, please don't take that to heart. But no, I mean, I'm gonna talk shit about them. Yeah, I mean because they're the worst. Is. We all know it. There are memes everywhere about it. <laughs> <laughs> they're the worst. That's just that's just fact. It is what it is, and, and uh, I think as as a nation, we are slowly moving on. From things like that. God, I really Colts, fucking hope so. Serial killers, Nickelback. Yeah, we're gonna leave all that shit back in the 90s, back in the 80s, back in the 70s. We don't want it anymore. Twilight was an unfortunate blight on our history. 
I'm so sad about it. Uh, I guess with episode two, we could create some sort of like cool outro. That's true. Oh shit, we need to make our Instagram. I was gonna say like, mm-hmm. make sure you check out our Instagram, but yeah. we don't fucking know what it's gonna be called yet. Yeah, we don't know what our Instagram's called. Stand by, we'll we'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, we'll tell you, and of course we'll have that up and running before we release episode one. Of course, and we do have our Gmail. Yes, our Gmail is what if I told you podcast at gmail dot com. Feel free to shoot us emails. Yeah. You know, like we said in episode one, if you have like crazy UFO stories, if you want to give us some, you know, requests for episodes, we would love that because one of our goals is to also have like a bonus Friday episode, even if it's like an every other Friday type of deal. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll read your story on a Friday episode if you have a story that is... Yeah legit will you know send it to us yeah and uh just you know your own words you know don't link us to like an article or anything just tell us we want none of that yeah we want you to lay it out for us and we will read it we'll shout you out it'll be great it just uh we're not gonna say any last names on this podcast no so feel safe we will not say your last name or your location right so, we want you to remain safe. I, I mean, so. y'all don't even know our last names. That's right. you know us in real life. And Please don't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I had a, my face, my Facebook is obviously private, and uh, it has my first and last name. But for a really long time, I just, instead of having a first and last name, I had my first name twice. Oh, there you go. Because I didn't want people from high school to find me isn't that sad i'm the worst i had a a perfectly fine high school experience (laughs) it was fun i got along with my classmates like it wasn't one of those like tv or movie scenarios where there was like popular kids there was not enough of us yeah okay there i graduated with like 49 people you just you if you weren't friends with everyone you just didn't have fucking friends so yeah yeah (laughs) but once I graduated, I just left and that's it. Yeah. And I just, I moved on. And so I, my dad still lives in that town. And so when I go to visit him and I find myself in the gas station in town, I like put my hood up and I'm like, you're like, fuck, hopefully I don't run into anyone. (laughs) So, So yeah, it's, it's a weird, I don't know why I actively hid from someone in a quick trip. Well, you know, I think that's happened to everyone at some point in time. Yeah. Quick trip, grocery store, yeah. whatever. I just, I didn't, like, move to the next aisle. I, like, crouched down. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I would have fucking done if that guy would have just, like, turned the corner. I would have just been, like, squatting there <laughs> behind the drinks. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta avoid people. Like the plague. <gasps> yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know what that person turned out to be i do know but it's fine well, well, well i don't fully know exactly i mean he's married and has a kid but so does exactly. everyone i'm like my cousin and i are like the only two of our class that aren't married and don't have a kid <laughs> that's okay that that's perfectly fine i get asked a lot when are you gonna get married when are you gonna have a kid maybe i just don't want to 
I, just because I have a uterus doesn't mean I want to fill it with life. <laughs> Not that I don't, but I mean, I don't want people to assume that I want that. Oh Shit. my gosh. That's the best. <laughs> that is the best. I mean, I'm totally fine with kids and maybe I'll have one, but I just, I just don't want somebody projecting that on me. You know what I'm saying? Ladies, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after listening to this episode. Yes, these types of things make me not want to have a a kid at all. I thought you were going to say nauseous. Well, both of those things. Both Both. of those things. All right. I think we've come to the end. Yeah, you know, it was a long one, but we're going to have episodes like this. There's so much information and there are so many stories, you know, with subject matter like this. Next episode is going to be a pretty dark one. Um, but episode four, we're going to hit you guys with a fun one. So yeah, we're going to try and keep it like mix it up. We're going to try and cover like a different kind of story each week. And, um, we're going to try and have April's on the table right now. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll post some pictures of the pod dogs here. Heck yeah. On Insta. Uh, they're both pretty photogenic I if I do say so myself. Oh my gosh. We're going to leave that shit in. Yeah, we have to leave that in. April gets kind of an attitude when we're not paying attention and she, like, makes her presence known. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to try and keep it, you know, not all doom and gloom here. Yeah. We want to bring in... (laughs) Thanks, April. She agrees. Uh, We want to bring in some lighthearted shit now and then. What the fuck? Uh, that noise was not cool. So thanks for listening. Um, we'll be out every Monday with a new topic. Sure to give you some kind of weird vibes. Yeah. Right there in your ear holes, man. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. And in the meantime, be kind. And stay weird. Bye. Bye.